Hi, and welcome back to another Tap Talks HR podcast. Today, I am rejoined by Karen Nataro and Ruth Patel, both people insight managers at the Ministry of Justice. Hi, both. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. Now, just under a year ago, we recorded a podcast in your lovely offices in the Docklands in London about building and embedding engagement at the Ministry of Justice. I know the plan was for you to, to come and present an update at the Tapped HR Forum, but with all things 2020, this hasn't happened. So here we are back on the podcast. But before we get going, talking about engagement at the MOJ, uh, I think our in- listeners would be interested in knowing what's an average day at work like for the two of you in these kind of COVID times? So really, it's more team meetings by default. And sort of, but finding time to kind of reflect by going for walks at lunchtime or sort of after work. Although actually, I'm in the office today, but it's so quiet. At least it means no waiting for the lifts. <laughs> what about you, Ruth? Yeah, so, well, an average day for me normally starts off with a discussion with my husband about who's going to use our home office that we've built in our spare room or who's going to use the dining room table. And um, it normally comes down to who needs the uh, uh, the two screens or the big space to pile up loads of paper. And he usually wins that argument. Um, but also like Karen, lots of online meetings. Um, so I reminded myself to stand up and go for a walk and make a cup of tea. So I'm not just sat in my chair all day. Yeah, I think all these things we, we took for granted, like when we were in the office and people would say, oh, shall we go and get a cup of tea and wander over together and have a chat and everything, all this kind of social bit and exercise and everything disappears. And obviously we're recording the podcast today on video uh, chat. So, so here you are having a picture of my dining room in the background and I can see your wonderful large uh, a mostly empty office behind you two so that's great and, and thanks for that because it's really interesting for our listeners to hear what it's like for each of us going in our different ways uh, through these COVID times so let's get down to it so what have you been doing since the last time we recorded a podcast oh so much so not to mention our changed team name so we are now the strategic people insights team which is slightly easier to say than the last one Uh, and the remit of our workers is now focuses more on gathering insight into the felt employee experience and building capability of our champions into driving engagement action at a local regional and national level yeah so with us really ramping up our focus on people's experience of work and using our insight to build capability we decided it was a really good time to learn about our engagement champions experience and particularly about how they learn about engagement how they put their skills to use as champions any barriers to learning that they face kind of what knowledge and skills they want to build themselves to strengthen as engagement champions um so back in february we ran a survey um we got loads of really useful insight for them particularly um that they like to learn from other people they learn best from other people they like um internal learning to be um, provided they you know time can be a barrier most of our champions have a separate day job and it's always a very busy day job um so as much as they want to do lots of reading and hunting for resources it can actually be a, a 
a challenge um, for them to kind of get that headspace and find the time to do that. And um, so they, they they like kind of learning to be offered from us internally using our expertise. Um, and we also found out that there was a real range of topics um, that they wanted to learn more about, including um, some of the fundamentals about employee engagement. Uh, so we put um, some plans um, into place to respond to this and provide some learning for them the way they want to learn. And that's fantastic and really interesting. And I love the way you kind of shifted slightly to look at the felt employee experience. I think that's a, that's an, it sounds not much, but it's, I think it's fundamentally a, a shift towards people's interpretation of how the workplace is for them. Um, and obviously to remind our listeners, you guys work through a huge network of employee champions out in there. And so we're talking about how you interact with all those champions in all these different workplaces around the United Kingdom. So, you did your survey in February. Of course, most listeners are now thinking, well, lots happened in March uh, in the UK uh, with the arrival of coronavirus on our shores. So how did the pandemic affect your plans? So our strategy in 2019 um, had been to have two regional events, uh, one in the north and one in the south. But, you know, the pandemic absolutely put pay to that. Uh, and so in May, as part of National Day for Staff Networks, we did three virtual events using MS Live Events. Um, and though it was useful, we really didn't like the format of it because it was not engaging or, or, or interactive for us because with live events as a presenter, you don't actually get to see people. The only, your only interaction with them is if you've made um, the, the question and answer bit live. And so, you know, you're waiting for someone to type in a question for you to then type an answer or say an answer. So it just wasn't engaging. <laughs> so instead, uh, we decided we'd do a series of virtual events just using MST for meetings. Uh, and the themes of which were chosen by the champions as part of the learning survey that Ruth just mentioned. So we held one event every two weeks which was quite full on, with the themes being voted for by the, the participants. And so this happened live on the day. We, we used a, an interactive app called Kahoot, uh, where they had 30 seconds to choose out of four themes what the theme would be for the next event. So it was very much you know, live, in the moment, and organic. And though this has proved so popular that we've extended it into the autumn, with events on workforce motivators, which is actually happening tomorrow, uh, measuring engagement in October, working with volunteers in November, and analysing and presenting data in December. Fantastic. Yeah, and uh, the pandemic also shook up how we connect with some of our key engagement contacts across the business. So last year, we had created an engagement circle, um, which are roughly around 25 of our key engagement leads uh, across the whole of the Ministry of Justice. Um, so this could be HR business partner, it could be really active engagement champions, um, it could be people who lead on our people survey in their respective agencies. So a real mix of people across our agencies with different roles, different levels of experience, um, and it was really to bring kind of this diverse range of people together um, to share their experiences and gain ideas from each other. So break down the ba um, barriers between them. Um, so our plan had always been to run quarterly face-to-face -face meetings with 
either a Skype or a dial-in option available if they were unable to make it, it physically that day. And that started off really well. We had an event last September. We had one in February. Um, but then with the pandemic, it, we knew immediately we were going to need to have a, a new approach. Um, and we moved the Engagement Circle meetings to Microsoft Teams um, as well. And since we've done that, it's meant we've been able to move out of this quarterly cycle and actually hold ad hoc meetings um, where we needed to. For example, we, we, there was a big survey around working during COVID and actually it was a good opportunity for us to share those results and for them to share with each other and us um, kind of how their, their, their parts of the organisation have been responding and what the felt experience was like there outside of our, our normal structure. It's also meant more people can join it now as well because it's flexible. And that's really interesting that they actually had this shift, obviously, to, to go online. Uh, and you mentioned that little bit about Microsoft MS Live event and going over to MS Teams and you mentioned a little bit about seeing each other talk to me about the driver what, what was actually going on what did you think what was that subconscious feel you said for the making that move because when you're presenting and you're presenting face to face so to speak you can see the audience you can see how they're reacting you can see their body language are they engaging with you or are they actually on their phones doing their Amazon shopping you know uh, or have you got their attention? You know, if it's a long day, you can tell if people are suffering from fatigue, so you can put a break in. With live events, you can't do that because you can't see. We couldn't actually tell if anyone was on the call apart from seeing a little number in the corner. So we didn't know if we had all these people on the call or, or are they actually just on mute. Okay, so, so it's really about interactivity and, and actually feeling that there's socially there, there's people out there rather than this kind of lecture style one way. And I don't know why I'm waving my arms around while talking to you because that <laughs> won't come out on the podcast at all. So which just shows one of the problems of audio only. Um, so, and you also mentioned about how your engagement champions voted on these things. How did you get them to vote? As mentioned, we used uh, an app called Kahoot. Um, it's, it's free for a, a limited uh, account of up to about 10 surveys or quizzes. Um, and I'd actually used it with um, some of my, my, my scouts. Um, and they, they really like it. I thought, oh, we could use this for work. So I, I set up the account um, and literally we just you put a question in, you share your screen, participants will put a code in to join and then they get to choose the, the answer if it's a quiz or in, in this case it's a poll to choose what the theme is for the next survey or so the next, uh, next event. <laughs> so it's really um, as an on-the-moment thing, so you get a really good response, people are... Uh, uh, then and there given the responses because I think so many people ask for, for for engagement back from people send out an email give you seven days and then they have to extend it seven days because nobody replies that's that's really interesting to know uh, we literally and, give them 30 seconds to, to vote <laughs> it's also interesting to note that the scouts have an input about the engagement in the Ministry of Justice absolutely <laughs> but before we go off on that tangent um, let's carry on because um, I mean, that's, that's a huge shift, isn't it? I mean, thinking about what you guys were doing, very much focused on face-to-face, -face, and then COVID hits, pandemic hits, and uh, we move into very much more online-driven. 
So what were some of the challenges you've had around this? So I think technology was the most obvious challenge. Um, the rollout of MS Teams had started to happen on a staggered basis, but this was around the start of the national lockdown. So people, including ourselves, had a bit of new kit to get used to, basically. And um, although we were finding our feet together, not just how the tech works, but how we could make it work for us all as well um so whether that was adding in dialing options for people who needed to join by a telephone call um or as karen said hosting a hot live stream or using ms meetings to do our events which was the preferred option um and i think we decided that collectively with the champions actually what really works well here yeah, absolutely. So I think I think for me, from my side, it's um, being able to pitch the content at the right level. Uh, so that that's been a challenge to ensure that people are being included uh, based on the varying levels of experience and knowledge across the network. So thinking about people's well-being with constant online meetings uh, and creating a, a sense of belonging uh, for for everyone that um, attends. So you know, we we actually had a, an event on emotional resilience. Um, and, you know, people are, are really sort of being able to, to a, a engage with that and, and sort of bring their sort of full selves, you know. And we always, add, we always have like a reassurance at the start of the event that, you know, if you don't want to have to have your video on, you don't have to. And that actually things happen. So, you know, if the Amazon driver turns up, or if your cat walks in front of your keyboard, or, you know, uh, if, if a child walks in and starts to throw socks at you, true story that did actually happen, that it's actually okay, and that, you know, we, we can always stop, regroup, restart, and that everybody's very much just in this together. And, and that's interesting, because I was going to talk about that, the fact you talk about well-being and constant online meetings. Do you see when you're trying to kind of portray your, your engagement message, do you see any kind of difference in people's attitude because of this video meeting overload? I think actually we see more engagement than um, before. I think because we do set out that everyone can be relaxed and not worry um, about kind of the things that are happening during working at home that would that wouldn't happen when you're working in the office that we are all in this together plus the additional flexibility is where you can be yourself you don't have to have your video on um, there's still interaction and, and you can choose how much you want to interact I actually think we're getting people more engaged more happy to, to participate and join so I, I think it's been a positive impact and, and that's great. And I love your comment, uh, Karen, about some of the things going on about the, the cats and the socks and, and all that. And it just reminds me of that. Do you remember that BBC interview about two or three years ago with a doctor who had his two children come running into the room? And it was an internet sensation with 10 million hits and everything. That's now just called Tuesday, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> Certainly. It's, it's like everyone has those moments and have had them since March. So I think it's really interesting how that persona we have to portray of being so serious actually has, has shifted a little bit in the space of only six months kind of thing so yeah definitely that's actually part of the reason why i came in the office today 
yeah, just find, yeah, to, to save all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> hopefully my two cats won't make an appearance on this podcast. So thinking about that and thinking about the challenges and, and everything. So what's the, the impact all this has had on the Employee Champions Network? Oh, it's had a really beneficial impact. Um, if we'd stuck with the original plan of face-to-face events, we're likely to have reached about 80 people. Um, but our virtual events meant that we could have more people join, um, partly because actually we've got greater capacity on MS Teams and you, you'd have in a training room, maybe in a magistrate's court or in, in one of our offices somewhere. Um, and there's loads less barriers people don't have to travel it's um, a shorter event so they don't have to take as much time out of their day we knew time was a massive issue for people and it's really meant we've got more participants um, than ever and I mean we've we've seen this uh, a beneficial impact with our engagement circle as well Um, so that group of 25 odd people who um are our, our key engagement contacts. Um, the flexibility of the virtual events has meant we've been able to get other teams in our people group come and join those meetings uh, we have with them so they can kind of learn about the experience um, of our people on the ground via our, our um, leads in the circle. And they're using that actually in their work programs. So for example, we, we've had um, people from our diversity, inclusion and wellbeing team come along and, and share information about kind of ongoing plans and projects um, projects. We've had our policy team come and share kind of what their, their thinking is about policies and actually presenting what they will look like now and getting that feedback from people on the ground. So it's really broken down barriers, not just between our agencies and contacts, but actually between um, our people group and, and the people working on the ground. There's that direct kind of feed in now, um, which we didn't quite have before. And, and so for me, it's really created a, a safe space for people. So it's enabled people to be themselves. Uh, you know, we, we, we actually record the sessions with, with people's permission to, so that, you know, people can watch them even if they couldn't attend. Uh, and they've continued to engage with champions from the other government departments too. So, you know, as Ruth said, it, our, our reach is so much more wider. I think I worked out we've had almost 500 people attending our events which is a lot different than the 80 we would have been looking at if we'd have gone you know traditional old school 2019 <laughs> old school i love it um so it, it it is interesting isn't it how you've managed to achieve that greater reach so i suppose it almost comes down now to almost like a, a marketing so as long as people realize that your events are worthwhile to come to because they'll learn stuff and it'll be interactive and be nice kind of thing you you've got this opportunity to actually reach out to so many more people that kind of we didn't think about too much before. So, um, so I've just got a couple more questions for you now. It's, and the first one is one of my favorite questions, which is actually, if you're thinking of our listeners now and you had to give them three top tips uh, for engaging during these difficult times, um, what would be your three top tips? I think the, biggest one for me is not trying to replicate the old into the new so instead of trying to work how we did before March 2020 but doing that all virtually actually it's fine to rip up the rule book and start afresh and work 
in a way that actually works virtually and and just I suppose accept it is different and it is new um and 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 feel free to try new things so I'd, I'd say use it as an opportunity to, to break down barriers. So like we have with the engagement circle and HR, for example. Yeah, and also I think use the time as an opportunity to unify and bring people together. I think, you know, these are difficult times for everybody. People are having very varied experiences um, in their working lives and their, their personal lives. And I think that opportunity to kind of, of, of um, where you can bring, bring people together is really beneficial, especially building camaraderie. Yeah, and definitely to create a sense of belonging to the organisation. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think one thing I've noticed is the great leveller isn't it it's um because uh, you can be the ceo of an organization uh, and you can still have the same things happening with you with the cats and the dining rooms uh, as you can uh, being the, the the person on the coal face the administrator who deals with with everything so i think there's an opportunity here if we grasp it to to really make this into an advantage for engagement i think um so my last question um and uh, go anywhere with this one by all means um when you're thinking future thinking now uh, in the People Insights team at the MOJ, where, where are you going now? So you've had all this in the last six months, all this experience. What are you thinking the future's holding? So in terms of the future, I think, you know, everything is quite unpredictable. Everything, things, different things are changing, different things are emerging. Um, so our plans are very much to do, keep continuing with what is working at the moment um especially like with our engagement champions we have no plans to go back to face to face we are um continuing to run everything virtually but we're being adaptable um keep listening to people on the ground um keep people talking kind of sense the feelings on the ground and in terms of how we continue to run things, what topics we want to run, um, it, what support people need it, is be just be listening to them and, and adapt to, to what they need at the time. I think for me, really, it's that, you know, no longer trying to think back to the way we've always done things and actually that now we're working digital by default. Um, and that we can continue to do that and continue to grow. So we continue to, to grow the network, even though we're not able to sort of get out there and see people. People can see us more now because of the events that we're running. You know, we have got plans to put all the videos of all the events onto the intranet so that anybody can actually watch them. Uh, and we're also creating a, a team sort of streaming channel to host them uh, all on as well. So, you know, for those people that are reflectors, they can look back and, and sort of watch them and think, oh, I think I heard something about that. I can go back and, and sort of look at it. Whereas we've never had that before. So I think it's using what's happening now as an, as an opportunity to continue to grow. Which I think is great because you've got this kind of, um, every, the world's turned upside down in the last six months and, uh, you call it digital by default attack solutions we call it um virtual first where actually before you used to do things face to face and then if needed we could do it virtually now it's like we do everything virtually and if needed if we can in the future we might do it face to face so i think that approach and and i love your 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 one of your three top tips which is not trying to replicate the old into the new um, and i think it's almost like reverse engineering now isn't it it's actually where are people at now 
and then working from what their needs, motivations and wants are. How can we do stuff that engages them where they are now rather than where we've come from in the past? how that's going to affect the future. So that's some really interesting stuff. And it was great to have you on the podcast because I think we've snapped a moment in time where we're doing stuff very, very differently to what we've done before. But it's interesting of all your experience through that process. So Ruth and Karen, thanks ever so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks Thank so you. Much, no worries. And to all our listeners, well, that's it for now. Thanks for listening to another Tap Talks HR podcast. You can access lots more insight and resources at tapsolutions.com. But for now, goodbye and see you all again soon. Mm-hmm.